Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, and welcome back to episode 107 of the Cloudcast. We are still broadcasting live here from LinuxCon and CloudOpen. Uh, these shows are sponsored by Open at Citrix and the Linux Foundation, and you know, continuing you know conversation we've been having a lot about where cloud's going, platform as a service, containers, you know, kind of a lot of the underlying things are changing. So uh, our next guest is very kind of a cool topic. Uh, Brandon Phillips from CoreOS joins us. Brandon, welcome. Thanks. Um, so. You know, we learned a little bit about this. Aaron's been playing with the product a little bit. I think you're on the beta mm-hmm. um, at this point. Um, give us a little bit of your background, uh, the problem you're trying to solve, and I mean, trying to create a, a new OS sort of is kind of crazy. It's a big idea. Like, g- give us the origin of what you're what trying the hell to do. Are you doing, man? <laughs> right. You're, you're a young guy, so you don't know any better. But, I mean, <laughs> what's all this about? So, so my background, um, as far as my career, comes from a couple places. The first is I started at Suza. And I started Susan in the labs department where we were, you know, doing kernel support for these long-term enterprise uh, systems. So I was doing uh, development and, and support along those things. So I got really deep um, into how these enterprise Linux systems work. And then uh, later I moved to Rackspace where I was working on a large-scale distributed system uh, cloud monitoring product. And so... Uh, you know, working at SUSE, you think that you're building something great and that everyone's using it just as it is out of the box. And then um, as soon as I got to Rackspace, I realized that a lot of what happens is that um, these companies, these large internet scale companies, as soon as they get a hold of a distro, they start ripping out pieces and replacing it with their own stuff because, um, you know, they need a later version of Python or they, they need to isolate some piece of it um, because it, it behaves weirdly under some situations and they don't want it to take out the rest of the services on their box. So, uh, what ends up happening is they customize things greatly, um, or they build something of their own. Yeah. So, okay. so, so give us the basic. So, is CoreOS sort of its, its own separate thing, or is it kind of a slimmed down version of Linux? I mean, what's the, the basic technology that you're working on here? Sure. So, there's three core things in CoreOS today, um, and want to remind the audience that we're currently in our developer alpha. Okay. So, we're, we're early days. Early days. Um, the first is that we have. Uh, an update system, um, and if you're familiar with a double buffered update, which is how like Chrome OS works or a lot of the Cisco switches and stuff work, essentially we have two root partitions, and this means that um, we the the system's downloading the latest update all the time, and as soon as you reboot the system, you're on the latest version of Core OS. Um, so there's never a point where your your system's in an unstable state. You're running an app get upgrade or something. Um, the second important part is uh, we have a distributed configuration store called etcd. So if you're familiar with slash etsy, where etcd is like a daemon or a distributed version of that. And um, this is really important for a lot of distributed systems. Uh, there's a lot of technologies that already do this. Um, Zookeeper and um, what else? Google's Chubby and a few other things. And this helps you coordinate a bunch of servers and share configuration and locking and these sorts of uh, distributed systems problems. And then the, the third piece of the puzzle is containers. Um, we really believe that people want to run their applications and they don't want to have to worry about whether that's going to conflict with the package manager on their box. And so containers allow them to ship you know, Python 2.6 for, for one piece of their 
distributed system and then you know Ruby 2.8 and some other piece of their system and not worry about things conflicting with what package management has on the box. Okay. And it's, so I'll say this, uh, you know, I, I was kind of telling, I was an early fanboy of it all because I kind of read it all and I was like, oh, this is really cool because for me, like a lot of people approach it from the dev side of DevOps, but mm. I very much have the operations background. And that, like you were saying earlier, that the way it's kind of almost two partitions and the way you can kind of update one and flip it and reboot it and, you know, those really quick updates mm-hmm. and where you're, you're actually just effectively updating the entire engine. And it, exactly, it reminded me exactly of my old Cisco switch days. Yep. Um, that I just thought that that was, like, the coolest way to handle an OS. And for me, that was, like, the light bulb moment from our operations side of... Oh, the, you know, it's very minimal, very small. I can upgrade, you know, upgrade it all in one shot, and just reboot it and fail back if you need to because you've got the two partitions. And yep. That was just a really cool concept to me. Yeah. Um, so are you are you are you targeting CoreOS at sort of server workloads, or is it are you seeing it more for for other types of things? Are you are you putting it on small form factor devices? Is it a, is it you know great for mobile? I mean, what's the what do you think it targets? Uh, we're definitely targeting servers and particularly people who are running distributed systems. I think that's uh, going to be where we find a lot of traction and people interested in building stuff on top of it. Now you were, you know, we're here at the Linux con, uh, you know, the event you were speaking earlier in the week, you know, t- tell us about what the talk was about, what were you focused on? What were the questions people were asking you? Sure. So what, what I've found when when talking to people about containers uh, on Linux and talking about it in the environment of virtual machines and all this stuff is that people oftentimes get a little tripped up around the terminology and the technology and all this stuff. And so my talk at LinuxCon was about decomposing the pieces in the kernel and the surrounding base operating system that make containers possible. And so a lot of the work has been done by you know, big companies like Google and Parallels and um, just everyone, Red Hat, and the the two big pieces of technology are namespaces and C groups. And so I talked about namespaces, which allow you to have isolated um, pieces of the kernel, where you isolate file system namespaces and process namespaces and UID namespaces, and then C groups, which allows you to do essentially counting. So it's like the accountant of the kernel. It says when you're over budget, and it stops you from doing something more, and it it generates counters on how much resources you're using, whether that's disk or, or RAM or whatever. Okay. Very cool. And are, are people grasping that concept? Is it, you know, I mean, virtualization, you know, like virtual machines, not the hardest concept. It's just, you know, it's like a bucket. The operating. This is a little tougher because it's kind of like fragmenting, chopping up the OS, but it's kind of the OS. I mean, like, do people get it yet? Or, like, do you have to use certain analogies to make people understand it? Yeah, so... The analogies definitely are being worked out. Um, <laughs> it's a club I, I, sandwich. It's right. Like Swiss Army right. It's a... I was trying to go with a, a medieval castle terminology, which is like, you know, you have the big outside walls and then you kind of compartmentalize pieces to talk about namespaces. And then C groups, I think an accountant works best. You know, you have a, a ledger of how much budget you have and somebody's sitting there and every time you, you use a cycle of the CPU, it's debiting from that budget. Okay. Um, so... Maybe those analogies are good, maybe they're not. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, again, you're trying to get a concept across to people, especially right. when they have previous preconceptions. Yeah. And, and you had mentioned earlier before we hit record, you know, the, that concept of booting without a kernel kind of thing, right? And explain 
a little bit about what you meant by that, right, and how that kind of really throws people. Sure. So the in the virtual machine environment, obviously, you the abstraction is that you get actual hardware. It looks like hardware. And so what that means is you have to boot a second kernel inside your kernel. It's, you got turtles all the way down, right? You have the, the one turtle and then the turtle on top of it. Um, but when you're in a container environment, there's just one kernel that's in charge of managing the hardware, and then we have all these complex software abstractions like namespaces and C groups that allow the kernel to partition up those things, not in a hardware sense, but in, in a software and accounting sense. Very cool. So you get faster boots, or you get better resets, and all sorts of stuff like that. Right. So obviously, containers much lighter weight because you don't have the overhead of the kernel, which is on the order of a few megs um, and then you don't have a secondary page cache you don't have all this secondary stuff you just have the one kernel gotcha. Gotcha. now and, and I, I saw some people on Twitter talking about bundling core OS with docker mm-hmm. and you know hey I can't wait and this was pre the developer alpha or whatever word you know I can't wait to do something like that. That would be really cool because i got a lightweight OS and this kind of, you know, at least right now, the hot kind of way to distribute applications. And has that been done to date? And I know, you know, you, you said there's been interest in it, right? So tell me a little bit about yeah, so, the status of that right uh, now. We really like .cloud's Docker, and we use it right now. Docker is inside of CoreOS. That's the container management tool. That's the front end of the containers. Um, and so... Uh, we think that Docker gives a nice um, command line interface to containers and the abstraction of these layers and pulling and pushing containers um, really helps people iteratively build a useful application. Um, Before Docker, I think the LXC and the other tools, they really nailed um, the ability to spin up a container, but building the container was a piece of the puzzle that was missing that Docker kind of helps out with. So, you know, Aaron's been talking about developer preview and, you know, like, where are you guys in, in your development, both as a, as a company, the, the, you know, the project, like, you know, rough timelines, what are you guys seeing, what are you trying to accelerate around, things mm-hmm. like that? So, the next step, we have an alpha right now. Obviously, no surprises here. Uh, the next thing will be a beta, <laughs> and um, what we're what we're trying to target there is firm up what major features we want to have in the in the first version of the product. And those things are getting etcd our distributed configuration management solid, um, having things like uh, a distributed init system. Essentially, you write a unit file into etcd somehow, a systemd unit file, and the cluster decides, you know, one or two or five of these mach- machines in the cluster actually spin up that, that unit and register it with etcd and that sort of thing. Okay. So the next few month or two of development will be in creating a distributed unit system. Okay. Yeah. So sort of targeting available for Christmas, stocking stuffers, that kind of stuff? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, now, tell me a little bit about so now, since the developer alpha has been out, what has the reception been? Mm-hmm. And any kind of use cases or scenarios where you're like, oh, didn't think about that. Like, any people using it in kind of new cool ways? Sure. Uh, the reception's been good, and we keep adding new image types, and that's been the main focus of the alpha is just blanketing, you know, getting vagrant and 
EC2 and all the various virtualization tools that people use. Um, the I think the most exciting thing that we've seen coming out of the alpha is the acceptance of etcd. Um, having a distributed configuration store that is used in a lot of, a lot of projects means that people don't have to think about where exactly to put configuration data for a distributed system anymore. Um, the complication with Zookeeper and some of the existing technologies was the API was really, really complex, and we decided to move to HTTP and um, make it look like a regular REST service. And so um, just seeing the excitement and all the tools come out around etcd, like Python libraries and um, proxy, like auto load balancing, HTTP proxies, and this sort of thing has been really cool. And, yeah, it's always, it's always kind of that first time you put the product out there, you think you've thought through everything and the people give you feedback and it's like, oh my God, it's totally different. than Right. I mean, <laughs> we, we got version one of the etcd it's, it's protocol out and we're quickly moving towards version two um, from all the awesome feedback we've had about um, just quirkiness or, you know, three guys uh, talking about a, a protocol is a lot different than a community of, you know, hundreds that actually bang it out and try Ruby and Python and Java and find the actual problems. Yeah. So. Very cool. Um, well, listen, um, so very much thanks for coming on. Uh, very cool to have you here, meet you in person. Um, what's the best place if somebody wants to go find out about it, learn more? What's the best place to either find you, where you're going to be, or find more about CoreOS? Um, yeah, so we have a Twitter account, um, CoreOS Linux, uh, which I monitor on my phone, and then um, CoreOS.com. Uh, is where we have a lot of information. All of our SDK docs are on there. All the code can be found on GitHub um, from links on CoreOS.com. Very cool. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so, you know, as we've been doing throughout the week, once again, we got to thank all our sponsors, uh, both Open at Citrix, so open.citrix.com, uh, as well as the Linux Foundation, linuxfoundation.org. Thanks to those folks for giving us this awesome place, letting us talk to people. Um, Aaron, you want to run us out for the day? Yeah, absolutely. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at TheCloudCastNet or on the web at TheCloudCast.net where you can find links to everything CloudCast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.